Welcome to HeCast, the official podcast of He Changed It. As always, my name is Mike Chisholm. As always, I'm excited to be here and really excited to talk to people about the journey of men's mental wellness, men's total performance, whatever it is that we're calling ourselves these days. We are He Changed It. We are, uh, in my mind, a solution to problems that men don't even know that they have necessarily. And that's what He Changed It is trying to do. He Changed It is trying to be a place where men can go and optimize how they live their lives, whether it is from a mental wellness perspective, whether it's from a relationship perspective, communication, dealing with the things that we deal with, finding purpose in life, athletic, all of those things and above. That's what He Changed It is. We are so excited to be in this uh, in this uh, this space in time and place of our culture right now. Uh, if you haven't downloaded He Changed It yet, what are you waiting for? Download He Changed It. Go to hechangedit.com. You can check everything out. Download it for your Apple device. Download it for your Google device. And uh, if you haven't shared or subscribed to the podcast, what are you waiting for? Please subscribe. The subscribe thing's important to this to the to the powers that be when it comes to podcasting. If you could subscribe, we'd appreciate it. If you could share it, we'd appreciate it even more. And um, just come and join us on these journeys of these amazing conversations with amazing people. Uh, today, of course, um, is no different. We've got an amazing guest today who is again one of these guys who is allowing me to kind of take advantage of our personal dynamic. We he and uh, Corey and I have been uh, friends for quite some time, and and I'm really excited that he is willing to open up a little bit today about where he's at. Um, he's writing a book. So, you know, some of the things we talk about right now are going to be a bit of a preview. We're probably going to do part two and maybe even part three of this uh, of this conversation with Corey around the time of his book launch. But at the end of the day, uh, Corey Hilton's been in my life for almost a decade now. Um, one of the interesting things that that came up immediately when when I was introduced to Corey and we got introduced in sort of a business setting uh, was that he was a former dancer, a former not just dancer. Uh, uh, he's not a Baryshnikov. He's a former. He's, he's more Magic Mike than he was Baryshnikov. This is a, we're talking about a guy who was um, an exotic dancer for a long time and not just an exotic dancer, a very highly decorated one. Mr. Male Nude BC at a certain point. And I mean, he went down to the States and toured around and was part of the, the biggest uh, organizations when it came to uh, male exotic entertainment. There are a lot of folks who would look at pictures of Corey in their 20s. A lot of guys who would look at that and go, that's exactly what I want. That's what I want. They would see the life that he had and say, that's the life I want to live. Well, let's hear from the guy himself right now to find out, was it all it was cracked up to be? Corey Hilton, thank you for letting me take advantage of our personal dynamic and you being willing to open yourself up and talk about this. Talk about um, where you were. Yeah. Uh, what you've been through, but more importantly, because I think it's safe to say that you're more grateful now than you were then at 50, what, 51 now? Yeah, I'm not a spring chicken anymore, my friend. <laughs> That's for sure. And you you're know? more grateful now than you were yeah, then. Like, well, like for you know. Sure. And first off, I'm just going to say I'm grateful for being here right now. Like, oh, I mean, man. this is cool because the reason why I think <laughs> this is super cool is really because like the whole purpose of my book to start with started off as a biography. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, this insane story, this insane story. And you got a lot of them. You got yeah, a lot yeah. of crazy like, shit. Yeah, lots. But I mean, <laughs> at the same time, those are just stories, right? Like, and that's just a perspective from my, from me. But I always was asked, you know, from so many people, whether it be male or female, what was it like? 
You know, yeah. what's it like? You know, they may not want to go and do it. I, I can understand that. In fact, when I first started, I didn't want to do it. But like when it, when it came down to it, they kind of want to know like just the feeling of what it was like, not necessarily to actually go and go full on. What was it like to be street, a, right? yeah. So yeah. It's, it's just, a, it's a, it's an interesting thing to hear the storyline, but then the biggest part to me now in this last year with this ever changing, shifting world that we're dealing with in COVID times was that I just really wanted to provide more value. I wanted to make more of an impact than just yeah. writing a bunch of stories about, you know, cause I mean, life is filled with, you know, like to me, life's about relationships and building memories and all those great things. But if you can't, like to me, I just want to make an impact, right? Like I would rather not be just known as that guy that did that, but yes. just like, hey, what did, what, the, what what was the shit that you went through? Yeah. And how the hell did you get out of it, right? Yes. And so a lot of mine was self-induced. Like I'm not going to pass the blame off on anybody. Like a lot of the stuff that I dealt with after I went through addictions, divorce, when I went through like, you know, the, the career that was not going to last forever. Right. Like it, there's, you know, when it comes to that kind of industry, I never wanted to be that guy, so to speak, the okay, guy, well, you know, I'm going to ask that question right now. Um, I think that many of us as men who think about somebody who looked like you looked like, like I think about a guy like John Cena, your body, very, very similar. You're like anatomically well, thanks, got you, 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 that was the body. Like you showed me yeah, pictures yeah. of back in that bodybuilding was a huge part of your life. And I, I want to yeah. talk about how you went from bodybuilding into exotic dancing, how that happened. But mm -hmm. to first question straight sure. off, yeah, um, I think assumptions come from guys who look at guys who look like that, who are in that business mm -hmm. and they think, oh my goodness, that party lifestyle must be a roller coaster that never ends. And to a point, mm -hmm. you can attest that that is indeed correct, which is why it's so appealing for so many guys, right? Yeah. I mean, I would say that, man, where do I start with that? I mean, I guess like- When the, you were in your heyday, was it a constant the, the, party? Yeah. The roller coaster, the true roller coaster <laughs> started when I crossed the border. Like when I, like, as I worked in Canada for probably almost a decade doing nude shows all across Canada, and I wanted to correct you a little bit, not a big deal here, but it was Mr. Nude Western Canada. And oh, Mr. Took, nude Western yeah, Canada. And, and then it was second in Mr. Nude Canada. They actually did have stripping contest guys, like for real. You were number you know? two in yeah, Canada. Yeah. You were Mr. Nude Canada. Well, no, number two second. into that. There's a yeah. story in my book about it too, but like, it's sort of That's like. That's a decorated person. How old are you when you get that accolade? Uh, let's see here. When that happened, I was around 27, somewhere around there. Right. Okay. So I just and you had been back. dancing for how long at that point? I started in the industry at 17. So like 17. I, was, I was still going to high school when I actually started in the industry. Now I wasn't going full nude stripping at that time. I actually started at a little club called Casablanca. I was out on new, out in new West on the coast. The so West coast of Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it, was, yeah. it was like the heyday of ladies night at that time. Right. Like it's like 1986, I think, or 1987. And you know, like there's the line up all the way up the street all these girls trying to get into the club there's like and it's the one of the most popular bars in in bc at that time right so i kind of walked into this situation as a 17 year old kid yeah yeah did someone see you in the gym at one point like yeah. how did this happen well yeah this is kind of let me back it up just a second like i guess like where it kind of started originally and is, is like when i was a little kid yeah. i was kind of telling you about this when i was a kid like i kind of was trying to always be the entertainer even when my my parents would have company over i'd be in my bedroom and i'd you know they'd have people in the kitchen you know a few friends over playing cribbage or whatever and i'd be running back and forth between my bedroom and the bathroom naked just trying to get a rise out of them right because i was like i thought it was great to just to make get get emotions out of people right like i was always that was an addiction uh -huh. to me right from the get-go you wanted so, to elicit an emotional response yeah, yeah. laughter yeah whatever people it was, entertainment right? you wanted to entertain people and that carried 
varied from that age of five years old or whenever it was right through to the very end, like to the very last show I ever did was all about getting emotions out of people. Wasn't some people think, Oh yeah, you know, you were in there for the, whatever the amount of girls that you sure. get with, or you're in there for the money or whatever it is. Right. But for me, it was actually a lot to do with the emotional reaction that I could get out of somebody because quite frankly, I didn't have a lot of emotional reaction at home. Like if you want to know wow. the truth, like that's kind of what it breaks down to is, is that like, I was it's an overcompensation. Yeah. Because I was, I was raised by my grandparents and, and great people. I've, you know, like I said, like I love, like my, my grandparents are both passed away now. I mean, I wasn't going to release this until they actually passed away. Cause I didn't want them to hear some of the insane stories in there. But at the same time, <laughs> like, you know, to answer your question about how that all got rolling was, is that I was just kind of in a place in my life where I was a kid, right? Like I was, you know, I was a teenager and I was not, I was mediocre. And I hated being mediocre. Like I, I still can't stand being mediocre. You it drives me nuts. You want to stand out. You wanted to. Yeah. Like I want to make more of an impact, right? Regardless, even if that's just doing that, right? Like I wanted more out of life. So yeah. uh, there was this one girl that I was really into in high school, you know, and I thought, oh my God, like I have no chance with that girl. Right. I talked myself right out of that right away. Like I used the ultimate four letter word can't and just, you know, talked myself out of it. But the only way that I could actually have any chance to me was exterior. It was never interior, right? I, all I did was work on exterior, exterior, exterior. So I'd go in the gym and train. I'd skip, I'd, I'd take like classes in high school. Where yeah, you weren't a natural bodybuilder. Like you weren't like genetically this, uh, like you went to work on it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was getting bullied in high school and stuff like that, right? Like I was having all those things that the mediocre kids got. You know, I wasn't the one that was the cool one. I wasn't the one that was the jock. I was just this kid that was kind of like didn't have a label on him, (laughs) you know? So it was like when I I did that, I, I decided, okay, like I need to get myself in shape. Because I was sick of getting bullied. Like, kind of like I, you were talking to Jared, actually, Kitless recently. I heard your podcast. Jared, absolutely. He kind of went through a bit of a similar thing with that, with getting bullied or getting, you know, so we got big. Like happen, right? So, so he's like, to get big. I'm going to build myself a damn defense mechanism yep. here and I'm going to make sure that nobody ever fucks with me again. Yeah. Right. So that's exactly what I did. Yep. And, and then it was like that literally happened. Nobody fucked with me again. So this is around so, 15, 16. By 17, yeah. you're already starting Yeah. Now to I'm in, now okay. I'm in a different school. Now I'm like, okay, I got, I got a little bit of confidence now because I'm exterior but i still had zero confidence in my interior like nothing right like just blank okay so here's a question for you you're building that exterior yeah um and i mean i don't want to get i don't want to get salacious with this because i know how grateful you are for the life that you live right now and and where you're at right now you're Corey's mr yoga he's (laughs) mr peace and love and and all these things (laughs) yeah yeah. but i want to i want to ask this question you're 17 years old like you said much of your uh personality isn't written yet Mm -hmm. you're overcompensating Mm -hmm. i'm going to ask you this question straight up yeah i love it you got recruited into the adult industry at that point yeah it's a story were you were you were you exploited in that? Did someone take advantage no. of these things that you were missing and no. said, okay, I'm going to fill in those gaps by writing this part of the story? Or no. is this something where, like, like take me through that. You're yeah, 17. Man. How does this happen? Yeah, it was 100% me. I don't pass that on anybody. Like, nobody took advantage of me. What it was was is I was sitting there, you know, this mediocre kid in high school. And I'd been in the gym for like a year. Yeah. And working out, I stayed at the same weight for a year. Lost a bunch of body fat. 
turned it into muscle ended up you know i'm at the gym working out and i'm hanging out with like i'm leveling up now i'm hanging out with all the older older kids, people right okay. i'm trying to like yep. learn from them and a lot of those older people that i knew in high school they were already in the gym right like those, sure. those are the ones that i hung with because i again it was another defense mechanism right i was sitting there going i don't want to have i don't want to deal with this bullshit i've been dealing with so now i'm going to go ahead and build myself i'm going to hang around with the people who build themselves hang out with a posse of big, so, yeah, big guys so i then- go right up to the biggest guy in the gym and be like can i work out with you you know like and he'd be looking at me like yeah right and i'd go in there and do it and then we just go through the motions and if, eventually you know like anything yep. if you're hanging around with people that are in that growth even now right like you surround yourself with great people you're gonna you're gonna grab some of that off of them and you're gonna that success leaves clues right well and success leaves clues who you surround yeah. yourself with are, are are the things that rub off on you yeah. and that's food for thought for anybody so like yeah. you know we talk about watch your associations and things like that mm-hmm. a lot of folks look at that and go oh that's passe that's what you know, well, that's what religion teaches. Or that's what whatever it teaches. But it's true. it's true. Who you surround yourself with is oh, the man. things that 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 uh, you become. Yeah. And I just really wanted to answer your question because I haven't really yeah. got to it. I've kind of skipped no. around it. But like when I got to the, the, the gym and I started really training all the time, I started befriending some of these folks. Some were good, some were bad. But the one, one of them was a guy by the name of Wade. And he was actually a bouncer at that club. And he said to me one day, he's like, hey, Corey, you know, like if you ever want to come down. You know, you can come down and hang out. Just throw yourself a university shirt on and I'll get you through the door. So, of course, I'm thinking to myself, hmm, this girl that I saw in eighth grade homeroom that I really, really, really like goes to that club every uh, once in a while. So now I'm like, oh, I have this this motivation that's outside of myself to go and kind of be in that environment. Right. Maybe I'll have a chance one day kind of thing. Right? Do you think that guy looked at you and said, here, here's a young, good looking guy. He's got a decent body on him. That's what we want in our club. And, and we want to do that. Nah. Or was he just, he was just, just a friend. He just, he just wanted me to come down favor. and hang out. Yeah. Cause he had a lot of the people that I had in high school who kind of, they, they, there was a few others that he kind of said, yeah, you know, come on down or whatever. Right. I got so you. you can get us through the door. I got but you. what happened in that process was, is this is so crazy. So I come in at like seven o'clock at night, the club's just opening. Sure. Like there's not a soul. Nobody in there. there yeah. Right. But I'm all nervous and I'm like, oh, I have to get there early. Cause I might get, you know, well, you're 17, Whatever, right? right? Yeah. Freaked out, right? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So, so I show up there and, you know, the guy that's a manager, he comes up, of course, because I'm the only one in the bar. He's like, hey, man, how you doing? I'm like, good. And he's like, oh, I see you're going to school. And I say, oh, yeah, I'm going to school. And he's like, oh, cool. He's like, are you looking to make a little extra income by chance? And I was like, mm, depends on what you're talking about. And he's like, well, go ahead. Just Famous me, last he, words. Yeah, he goes to go ahead and take <laughs> your shirt off. So I wheel my shirt off in the bar because there's nobody there anyway. And he's like, you're hired. He's like, and I'm like what am I doing? And he's like, well, you have to, you know, do this male waiter role where we, you know, you did on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you come in here and you serve shooters and you serve drinks. Did you make, wear a bow tie? Oh yeah. I did the, whole, the, the whole bow tie cuffs collars. Actually the bow tie cuffs collars was Thursday night. The actual Tuesday night was Hawaiian night where we actually had lays and sh- shorts and stuff. And we'd hang lays around. And the you're off to the races. And, and just like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm in there like, and I'm like, Oh God, you know, like, cause I have zero confidence in myself, but I'm like, Oh, the body's good. So I can make it through. Right. So I was leaning on the body. Right. Like right from day one, I was leaning on the body all the time. Right. So I would go and then I go start doing this. And then, wow. you know, it's kind of like you do this. We give away a bottle of champagne to the loudest girls in the house after we do a little choreographed dance routine. So it's just learning how to do that, those little things. Right. But then eventually what kind of happened was, is though I was working ladies nights. So what was I seeing there? I was seeing a bunch of male strippers that were coming in there doing their shows. And I honestly, Mike, I'd look over at those guys and I'd be like, there's no way in hell I could ever do that. And like, I just, just want to, without getting, no gra- way. without getting too graphic. Yeah, yeah, feel free, man. Full nude. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, getting themselves aroused, like doing the thing, like is that is that is that what one of those yeah. shows is like? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, so you're seeing a, a bunch of guys with hard ons walking around, <laughs> and yeah. women's reaction to that in the most primal kind of, like you're a 17 year old and you're seeing, holy cow, there are humans on this planet that this is how they yeah. operate a, a lot. Did that? Yeah. That's 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 quite the mouthful. It was a weird. <laughs> pardon the pun. No, it was it was. <laughs> but I mean, realistically, it's it's kind of like I did say. I, I there's no way I could do that because like I was looking at that and going like not just because of the tie off thing and that's something that by the way, guys, the tie off thing. Okay, if you didn't realize that that's the way that guys actually in Canada like make their stuff look like it does when they take their gear off what we had to do was we take an elastic band and you have to go backstage and get erect and then basically wrap an elastic around band around the base of your you know what and of all your gear right and so you go out there doing your shit and you're but you're uncomfortable because you have this elastic band on you so every time like for all you ladies that have been to ladies night and wondered oh yeah this guy's like doing such a great job and such a turn on for him yeah no it's not a turn on for him yeah it's not a turn on for him at all well yeah you're a performer in that regard like that was what was nice about going to the states because i never had to do that ever again after i went to the states so that's just okay that's that's just a canada thing thing. that's just a canada thing right it was a requirement through our agency you had to you had to do tie-offs and then you had to be able to do gay bars as well Okay. So like for me, I'm a straight dude, but I'm not homophobic in the slightest, especially after I did gay bars, but I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, but, but <laughs> right. But, but all I'm saying is, is like all those fears, all that fear of the unknown, right? Like it's always about fear of the unknown. What's going to happen if I go, if I step in there, am I going to come out the same way? Like right. if I compromise myself in some way, am I going to come out the same way? So I learned from the master, like I learned from like, Oh, I'm diving too deep into this. But anyways, I I learned from, from like the Elvis of stripping in Canada. Like he was my mentor. So it was like, when I, when I learned from him, I learned that certain situations require domination. Certain situations require you to just do stuff that's really outside of your comfort zone and pretend to be something that you're not. Right. So like I was acting the whole time that I was on stage. Active via faith and faith will be given to you. Yeah. but, but (laughs) But the irony is, is that I always thought, Right up till this year, I always actually thought inside my head, oh, yeah, you're not egotistical, Corey. You're not egotistical. You leave all that shit on the stage, don't you? Yeah, bullshit. I didn't leave all that shit on the and stage. And when was the last time you danced? Uh, 43. So 43 I'm and you're 51, 51 now. Okay, so yeah. you said up until this last year. So you've gone oh, no, through no, no, this. No, 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 what I'm talking about, figuring this out. No, that's what I'm out. saying. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. So yeah. you've, you've spent eight years kind of deprogramming and going through yeah. some of this stuff. And That's I mean, we're going to get, we're going to get to that. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're way early in this story. Uh, yeah, when did you meet, when did you meet Elvis? When, at what point did you oh, meet man, your mentor? You know what? I'm How not going to mention his name. No, no, no. That's he's, fine. He's, 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 that's what we'll call him Elvis. Yeah. He's uh, just a, an incredible person that I haven't seen for a lot of years. And, you know, I, I got to get, I, I wish I could actually, cause I just don't want to end up saying something that, well, makes, you know, but at the same time, like, for him like he was like an older brother to me at that time like in a weird way like he actually like he was the word he was the one that sat there and said okay we have to design you a show we have to design you like a a good name so what's your favorite movie and i was like oh you know roadhouse it's great i love that movie and he's like oh yeah okay well dalton that's the main character's name let's go with dalton and you're a big guy so like we have to give you something that's big you know we got to give you something that's a presence so it's like dalton strong yeah strong let's go with dalton strong so in five minutes we make up the name in 10 minutes we make up our first act right like so i make up this act for the terminator and you know all this stuff and it's just one of these cheesy acts and i put together a voiceover for it and that was kind of weird in its own right but like it's just kind of like 
all of a sudden, like I went from being this male dancer to being at the first club that I ever did a full nude show at. And guess what? As soon as I walked out on stage, I noticed that there's like five or six girls from my graduating class in high school waiting for me to do my show. Wow. And, and did, they had no idea that it was no you? They had no idea it was me. No idea. Uh, no. Okay. What None. was the, what was that reaction like? And did you talk to them afterwards? Or? <laughs> Actually, no, I okay. didn't. But, but, the, but, but the, the thing was, is like, I was just deathly afraid of like taking it all off. And you just, you didn't really have to take it all. Like you had to take it off, but you just wear a towel and then you had to kind of like just do one full 360 and show what you got. And you could throw the towel back on. Right. Okay. So it wasn't like I'm just walking around the club serving drinks naked. Right. It right. Was, right. Right. It was, it was a, it was more of just like I had to do it. It was a requirement. Right. So I do that. And, you know, but the funny thing about this story and you know what, you guys can laugh if you want to, I don't care. It was painful as all get up when it happened. I'm just going to tell you straight up, oh, no. but like, we don't want to laugh at your pain, buddy. Yeah. Man. Yeah. But it is funny in a way. I'm lucky <laughs> that I didn't lose something, but what happened was, is I went backstage and I was like, you know, and, and my, my mentor there, he was telling me, okay, like this is what you have to do. You have to wrap this elastic around there and you have to do it three times. Well, here I was Mr. Nervous thinking, Oh, I got to keep this the way it is to go out on stage. So I wrapped it four times. And then I'm like out there and I'm we like got cringing going on in the background. Yeah, right. It. And so I go and do this show and I come back and I, you know, snip this thing off. And it's just like my head hits the roof from the pain. And like, I'm numb for the next two days. Like I couldn't even feel it. Oh my God. Nothing like nothing at all. Right. Like, I mean, they nip dogs tails off that way. Right. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, yeah, you just did that to your, you know what? <laughs> So it's kind of like, you know, that's crazy. It's just crazy. So like, this is your life. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, these perceptions, just so you know, guys, if you think I was living this awesome life for everything, it was like, yeah, feel my pain a little on that one. <laughs> and it wasn't the first time. It wasn't the first time. My whole Mr. Nude Western Canada story. That's a whole other feel. My okay, pain okay. Well, let's, let's get to that. So how long are you at the club? Before yeah. you're Mr. Nude Western Canada, you're oh, there yeah. for eight, nine years. Like you're honing a craft, literally yeah. honing a craft um, at that through this process. Yeah. Like what happened was, is I, I actually worked at that club and I did nude shows for quite a while before I did contests. Right. I had a few failures in contests because I was always trying to be Mr. Original and doing things that were like really outlandish. Like goofy? Yeah. Not even just so goofy, but just like. I was were you really ever an alien? No, okay. but I was, I was All really right. just trying to be over creative, right? Like I was trying to be different than the YMCA, okay. right? I just didn't uh, want to be that yeah, guy, yeah, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Again, I didn't want to be mediocre. You're not the construction worker. You're not the cop. Yeah, you're not the, no, okay. No, no, no. I didn't what was the most outlandish that, right? thing you did? Oh man, God, where can I start on that one? Like, I mean, <laughs> like, I guess like what, what happened with, oh, there's so many stories in between, Mike. I know, but, but I know, what, what, what it comes down to <laughs> is, is like. I worked at this club, Casablanca's. I started there. I started doing news shows. I got in after that show that I did for like the, the, the girls in my grad class, yeah. I ended up like getting booked. Right. So I'm starting to okay. do shows all over BC. Right. So yep. I'm running around doing all these clubs and stuff and having these different experiences. And some were like at Casablanca's, I have a long list of just Casablanca's stories because sure. I could literally write a book just about that club. Cause it was just so absolutely insane at that yeah. time. But like, and, and, but what I came to realize was, is that you know there was there was an element of like I was doing these shows that were really really creative but they weren't home run hitters so I actually kind of started looking at what what some of the other guys were doing and started to think okay I'm going to throw my own accent onto this right I'm going to make it mine instead so when I did Mr. New Western Canada and this is so jumping ahead I That's hate okay. it no, 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 there's no, so no, many no, stories no. in between we, and, but, we know, and the book's going to help with that by the way <laughs> when it does come out yeah, book's yeah, called yeah. Take It Off 
Yeah, it's the, there's going to be a subtitle, but take it off the main title. Okay, and yeah. and and we're a few months away from that, and we'll talk yeah. about it, and we'll like you and I are buds, so we'll yeah, we'll sure. figure that out. And, yeah, yeah. and and but at the end of the day, let's um, because I mean we only got so much time oh, today. Dude, it'll, it'll fly. So and it is already it's already flying. So you're yeah. you're 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 doing the business for a long time, yeah. then you get to the point where you're like, no, I want to excel. I want to get yeah. better. I want to take what some people are doing to be successful and put my own spin on it and get successful at this thing. Yeah, and you did. Yeah. So, Mr. Nude, uh, you're in your mid-20s. Yeah, well, 27. 27, yeah, okay. Yeah. So it was the same year I did Mr. Nude Western Canada, and then I competed Mr. Nude Canada the okay. same year. So, let's go to that yeah. story for a second here. Because <laughs> I want I also yeah. want to spend time as to where you are now. Sure, yeah. But we're painting a picture as to where you were then, mm-hmm. and maybe a couple other things uh, to do that compared to where you are now yeah, because yeah. at the end of the day and let's 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 a lot of emptiness yeah you're you were feeding if, if we were talking about ego you talk use the word ego yeah. you fed that ego for a long time yeah and and the ego that i didn't know existed exactly right? yeah like that's what you're when you're talking about when you were talking about you're opening up and you're talking about men that don't realize what is existing inside of them yes like that's where it took me 50 freaking years to figure that one out like you know like and i mean better late than never but there was so many times that I had so many opportunities pass me by so many situations where I had a woman that was in my life or women that were in my life that truly loved me. Mm. But I, I let those opportunities pass me by. Like I, because I just partially because of the ego. Yeah. It was partially because of the ego. It really was like when I look back at it, it was, but it was also self-worth. Right. And, and you might uh, think that the guy that takes off his gear all the time has all the confidence in the world. Well, guess what? Not necessarily. You know, there's an element of acceptance there. Confidence, acceptance, self-worth. There it is, you know, in a nutshell. Right. So I just yeah. didn't and I didn't have that. Right. And just even up to this year, I still lacked in that. man. Like, you know, really, I still work on it daily. Like, I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that I'm, you know, a know it all or I'm preaching like it is what it is. I okay. still work. On Before it. we get back, let's let's we keep going. Let's keep going between uh, entertainment and Insightful. So before we get back to entertainment, because I yeah, want to yeah. get back to entertainment. That's a what the bit. book's all about. It goes I, back and forth. 100%, and this is Corey, and I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you said that you work on it daily. Yeah. And isn't that an interesting observance right there? You know, I was the guy that was so genetically well put together. And I mean, mm. you talk to, to Candy and her team who are building He Changed It, and they talk about men's body image. Yeah. Body image is so prevalent for yeah. men. And and it's and it's not thought of that way. It's stigmatized. Mm-hmm. When you look at how it's presented for women, I mean, yeah. you know, trillion dollar industries. Uh, when it comes to you know body image and things like that with men, it's almost for many people silent and quiet. You know. Yeah. Here is a guy who most men. You look at you in your prime. Most men would look at how you looked and say, "I would I would do almost anything to have that physique." Yeah. But- and you think that what comes with it is confidence. And here we are saying you're 50 now, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're yoga Corey rather than, uh, you know, push and weight Corey. That feels good too. And well, and, <laughs> and we can talk about it and you're, you can yeah. say, no, I work on my confidence every single day. I think yeah. a lot of guys need to hear that from you Yeah, and, and, and your, your take on that because yeah what you wish for isn't going to get you what you want. You got to work on what you oh, want. Dude, you know, like here's a great example. When I competed, like when I was competing in bodybuilding, cause I was a bodybuilder really in the kind of in the 23 year old area. Right? Yeah. You kind of dance between both yeah, those yeah, worlds, bodybuilding and to, dancing. Yeah. I was trying to go yeah. pro at one point, but thank God I didn't cause I didn't want to die by the time I was 45. But what I'm saying is, is that like, you know, when it came to that, even like when I hit my peak and I was on stage and you know, I was just absolutely shredded on stage and I'm not talking myself up. I'm just telling the truth. 
Like it really was. It was, it was, yep. it was on another level, right? Because yep. I, I went to a different level of discipline than most people ever will. Like only 1% of society actually goes from being, okay, I'm going to bulk up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go through a complete diet phase. I'm going to get on stage. And I'm going to actually do a show. Yes. Right. So I went in balls deep. Like I was like, man, I'm going to do this no pun like 100% like yes. the best I possibly can. <laughs> yes. Right. So I went in and like, you know, dropped 40 pounds in 10 weeks, rode the bike three hours a day, did two, an hour and a half on weights, was mixing up tuna shakes. In Less the than 2% of the night. body fat. Yeah. Like just yeah. craziness. Right. Like I was even taking, taking a can of tuna, shoving a cup of water in with a can of tuna into the blender at two o'clock in the morning you know, blending it up and slamming it back and going back to bed so that I could keep my protein levels high, right? Like, it was just be a freak to be a freak. Like, there's literally a chapter on my book called Be a Freak to Be a Freak. Because you just, because wow. you just got to go to that different, that different level that of discipline, that place where you're like five minutes before 10 and the gym's closing and you're still sitting on the bike looking around at the empty gym, right? You're, there is no such thing as guilty Mondays. You're in on Mondays. Okay, before you go to what you're going to go to, is that <laughs> determination beneficial for people? Like when you talk about determination like that, yeah. these are good habits. Like oh, these man. are good, but good habits can sometimes go to levels that are unhealthy. Yeah. At that point. But anyway, I, I just want to talk about your determination. Oh, yeah, I mean, you put could. in a whole bunch of hard work. Yeah. To get the results that you got. Yeah, and, yeah. and 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 that emptiness was still there. Yeah. You know? Internally. Yeah, yeah. Internally. internally. And yeah. isn't it funny how complex this this is? It's 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 yeah. how life is just a bunch of series of puzzles yeah. that we gotta solve. And when we solve one, we realize there's a whole bunch of unsolved area over here. Right. Yeah. And the unsolved area actually can be really detrimental to everyone around you. Like that's what I'm trying to say, right? It's not, it wasn't just damaging to me. It was damaging to everybody around me. Okay. Like, you know, and still carried on, Mike. Like, I'm talking long after my dance career was over. I was damaging people around me. I was putting off blame on so many other things. It was like, oh, yeah, there's no way that I could ever be, you know, that. I'm perfect. Yeah, right. You know, like, yeah. it's, it's that's not realistic. Like, everybody, there's no perfect person. Like, it's a, this is an imperfect world. If you're trying to be perfect, you're bullshitting. Yeah. And everybody can read that, right? So, like, that's where I dropped all that, especially in this last year. I was just like, you know what? I'm not selling anybody anymore. I'm serving now. Right. I know I can provide an impact. I know I can make a difference. I know that there's a person out there that was sitting on that ledge like I was when I went through my divorce and I was sitting on that ledge. Okay. Like I'm talking like I was looking down mm. and, and, and I, I can get into that, but I could be here for the next two days talking about it because like there was a turning point after I went through to my, a, a divorce from my wife of eight years, basically where I thought the whole world was crashing around me. Guess what? The world was still moving on, buddy. I was just sitting there consumed in my own shit. And I sat there and consumed and consumed and consumed my own shit for years and years and years. And again, like it's one of those things that you have to be able to, if somebody hands you the fricking scissors, cut the fricking cord, you know? And if you, you don't stand there with the cord in your hand crying about it, yeah, you know, cause you're just wasting your fricking energy. That other person's already moved on and you're sitting there still thinking about it. I know it's easier said than done, but guess what? Everything's easier said than done. Well, you talk about making a decision and, and, and you have made many decisions um, that have led you to some of these crazy uh, adventures that you've had. And, and um, I just, I think you sell yourself short a little bit. Cause when I got to know you, you were a guy already that knew you wanted to help people. Yeah. But I'm humbled now. That's what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't, I'm you. not saying I'm selling myself short. I'm just saying I've been humbled by by humiliation. Like in a lot of ways, I feel like it's like that's part of 
my part of like a humiliation, not in a step in a way like, Oh, I exposed my body to the world. No, humiliation. No, that wasn't the humiliating part. Yeah, that part was actually kind of good. That part was exhilarating. <laughs> the humiliating <laughs> part was the part where it was like, okay, wake up. This is who you really are. Oh man. Right. Like it's like, it's not, you can put all that stuff that you've had from generational lack. If you want to call it that you can put that off on your family. Like you can put that off on everything else. But at the, the end of the freaking day, that only happens if you give somebody permission to do that to you. Right. Like I, I, I gave people permission to keep me in, in a weird way. Like I, I gave it permission to stay locked up inside my head is what I'm saying. I was a prisoner in my own mind. And as I said, the world kept spinning, right? Yeah. You know, but to me, I was literally walking down the street some days going, oh my God, if people knew what was going on in my head, they'd think I was insane. You know, so. You mentioned earlier <clears throat> that you, that you kept, you, you stayed the, the character. No, 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 no. And, and, and that's you and I, by the way, when Corey and I talk, this is what we do. We go back and forth and it's, and it's, yeah. but it's always beneficial and it's always come back with insight and, and, and new stories, which is phenomenal. And I think that's what we, our dynamic is so good. We both got a million stories. Oh man, I love being a storyteller. It's great. That's why I love writing. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I, and I'm, cool. I'm, I'm grateful that you're, um, finding so much joy in this outlet. Yeah, it's cool. You talk about how you took that character off stage and, and that character yeah. and that mindset was yours kind of 24 seven for a while. Yeah. I carried the alter ego into my regular life for sure. Yeah. You carried the alter ego into your regular life. Yeah. Um, are there a lot of people who do that? Do you think in, in whatever it is, not maybe not as, 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 uh, no, I don't think so as there is a, as an exotic dancer, but are there lawyers who do that? Oh, are there yeah. construction workers who do that? Are they, I'm sure. you know, that's the, well, you put on a certain face, Mike, right? Like, I mean, you know, like you got to be the man, right? You got to put on a certain face. You got to be man enough for your wife. You got to be man mm -hmm. enough to be the head of the household. You got to be man enough to go out and work the job and bring in the bacon, right? And if you, after all that, you're still not, you know, like you're not satisfied, right? You're still kind of going, oh, I, I should be more. I should be doing. We're all so bloody hard on ourselves, especially in this era right now of communication and everything where everybody's yeah. got an attitude or an, an, an opinion <laughs> and yeah. you're letting those things in. Like I look at it like protect your house now, right? And your protect house your is house. up here. That's down here. Yeah, right. Protect those things. Protect your house. Yeah. I um, I, I there are so many places like you say that we can go with this, and so yeah. I, but I want to I want to talk about that there for a second. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if you and I actually have talked about this. Yes, you. The idea that he changed it is actually like the way that he changed it looks at where it's going is going to be a worldwide kind of thought leader, a worldwide uh, place where men can go and, and, and work on themselves. Yeah. Um, and one of the things, and, and to the point where we think big and, and, and the founders want to take the phrase man up. You talked a lot just there about manning up and, yeah. and, and the traditional definition of what manning up is. Yeah. And, 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 and really how toxic it is, you know? Um, oh, got to man up, got to, got to do this, got to do that, got to do this, yeah. you know, like that, that bravado and how, he changed it literally wants to take the phrase man up back. And what manning up really is going to be is yeah. taking responsibility for where you're at, mm -hmm. doing the introspective work that needs to be done yeah. and being present and living in the moment and not letting those characters, whatever they are, those ego driven behaviors uh, rule us. Yeah. But instead it's okay to cry. It's okay to show emotion. It's okay to do that. And, and the introspection is, and the work that is what manning up truly is. Yeah. Um, that's a truth you've discovered personally. Crying, yeah. Crying's powerful. Like straight up. It's powerful. People are like, Oh my God, you know, dude, you, you were crying. No, 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 no. You're releasing that. Right. Like that's powerful. 
to me, I look at it now, like I shed a lot of tears and for a lot of years, pardon, you know, the whole rhyming thing, but I'm just saying like, I really kind of did. You're a right? showman brother. Yeah, I try my best. <laughs> Don't expect anything really crazy though, but I'm just saying, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, it's kind of like, um, yeah, like, you know, I, I felt like a lot of the time I definitely wasn't man enough, you know, and especially even after I went through my divorce, like I was trying to you know, get back into different relationships and stuff. And I had multiple failures through that. because I And that was a lie you, know, you were telling yourself that yeah, you weren't enough. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. Or even girlfriends, right? Like, you know, maybe they wanted me to be able to tell them certain things that made that made, I don't know, like almost like, you know, you need to put me in my place sort of attitude. There's some girls out there that like that sort of stuff. So I was kind of thinking that, but it wasn't about that. It was more about me being more of a man, me being more accountable for my shit. You know, like there was a lot of times in my life where I wasn't accountable for my actions. And that's part of why I ended up in the situation that I ended up in, right? Like I was across the border working illegally for many years. I shouldn't have been doing that. I was suspended from being in the United States for three years because of my irresponsibility. Okay, so Mr. Nude Western Canada turns into number two for... Mr. Nude Canada. Yeah. And suddenly, Big Brother Down South, the American machine, entertainment machine, starts calling you and saying, hey, yeah. we like what you got. Why don't you come on Dude, down here? again, another Casablanca story, right? It wasn't even so much of that. It was like, here I was working, doing the mail waitering thing at Casablanca when I was kind of a kid still. But I was also, the funny thing was, is before I was even 19 years old, I was working the door as a doorman checking IDs. So I'm checking IDs as an underager and these people are coming in and the cops are standing next to me. Hey, hi, you having a good night? Oh yeah, I'm having a great night, man. I'm just checking IDs, right? And then all of a sudden I run into this, this, this group that comes up from Florida and there's one agent that comes up you know, with these guys and they're like the best male dance review in the entire, all of North America at the time. Like these guys were just on fire. Like they were ridiculous, right. sold out shows everywhere. Right. And we're not mentioning any trademark names or anything no, like that, no, but, but we're, but it was but, cool. Yeah. You okay. know, they were like something else, right. I really yeah. looked up to these guys and yeah. they were all super cool dudes too. Right. Like I got along with them really good. And so the agent, he said to me one night, he's like, yeah, you don't have, you know, you're huge. You have no neck, but you're probably the nicest son of a bitch I've ever met. And he's like, here's my card. If you ever want a job, come talk to me. And wow. I kept that card for years. I didn't use it, right? Like I went through all my time of working as a dancer in Canada. I never used the card. And then eventually when I won the contest, I was like, okay, now I've hit the peak. You know, I could try to get first, but you that's felt worthy. Yeah. So I was like, okay, now I'm going to call this dude. Right. So next thing you know, it's wow. like, I'm leaving my whole world behind and I'm like leaving my family that I love. I'm leaving my friends that I love. I'm leaving everything that I love basically and going to a new experience. So my dad, God love him. He's like, you know, I'm going to support my son no matter what. So he drives me across the border, I get across the border. I jump into the tour van with the rest of the guys that had my suitcase in the van with them. And now I'm on a three day trek across North America to go look, work for the biggest beach club in North America. Right. And everything changed. Like instantly I went from this life to like my, my life size picture on a billboard when you drove in. the And that was place, the party right? lifestyle that people stereotypically think yeah. in some ways. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, it was, there was, there was a, but that was when my life changed in a big way too. Right. Cause I discovered this little thing called emotion, but I didn't understand that I had my discovery of emotion was through drugs. So okay. for me, it was like, you know, I show up down in Florida and you know, I don't know anybody. I, don't, I only knew my buddy Dean came down with me and one of their dancer from Canada. So they didn't judge me. So here I am in this new world. I walk in, 
the place is slam packed. There's women everywhere. There's guys everywhere. It's Chris mayhem, right? Like this place is just unreal. There's probably 10,000 people in this bloody place. Right. And I'm walking in and the owner comes up to me. He's like, Hey, you know, would you like to come up to the NTV tower with me for a little bit and we can drop some ecstasy and do some GHB. And I'm like, excuse me. Like I was like, first off, what is that? Like, I didn't even know. Right. And so, but what happened was, <laughs> and this was what I was almost like, I kind of explained this to you when we were having coffee a little while ago, when yeah. I, when I first took ecstasy, it was like the truth behind it was, it was almost like when you've been starved for taste of food all your life. And all of a sudden you get your taste of food and it's just like, Oh, and like when, for me, it was emotion, emotion, love. So I took this little freaking pill and 45 minutes later, my world changed. And it was like, all of a sudden, like I went into this, this crazy rabbit hole that was like incredible. Cause like I get goosies right now just talking about it because it was like, I connected so insanely, like just so well with people. Like, and even my ex-wife said it when we were, we used to get messed up sometimes she'd be like, Oh my God, Corey, I just wish you could be like this all the time. And she even admitted to wow. that. Right. Cause I was like so in depth with emotion, but it, it took that, it took that, that, drug to do it. Okay. So I'm going to ask a very politically incorrect question. <laughs> sure. Um, Shoot. Uh, are you grateful for that experience because mm -hmm. of that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There was only two bad experiences I ever had doing it. I have zero regrets, zero regrets. In fact, I mean, like I said, I'm not here to promote it, but at the same no, time, no, like, no, no. And it, that we're not it, doing yeah, that. Yeah, we're not promoting up. it, but this is your story. Yeah, and, yeah. and if, and if that sort of a thing is yeah. what led you to like, like that's a powerful statement. I never felt emotions before. Yeah. Well, I felt you emotions, know? but it just wasn't that way. Right. Yeah. Cause like, you got to understand my dad, like my dad, like I said, he passed away at 97 years old. Right. He was depression era. He had like, you know, basically family. We had, he had family background that, that, that there was suicide in his family background. Like I'm saying, like, you know, he had a lot of things in his own mind and then he was fighting in world war II in the North Atlantic. So, I mean, you're just programmed. You're like programmed to be a robot of no emotion. And right? you called grandpa dad. I want to be. Yeah, my dad was my dad. My grandfather, grandpa, yeah. he was my yep. dad. I was adopted my grandfather. But, yep. you know, he was my dad, right? Yeah. But I'm when just... he's programmed like that, then guess what happens? There's a chain reaction. There's a cycle that drops down through the entire family. Yeah. Right? So, like, I've seen this. I literally watched myself do it. I watched my family members do it. You know, I love my family. Don't get me wrong in any way. I wouldn't change it for the world. But at the same time, Later in life, you start to address those things and look back and go, okay, I mean, this is why, why this was the way that it was when I was a kid. My dad didn't say I love you. Okay, well, cry me a river, Corey. A lot of people's dads don't end up saying they love you. But at the same time, like the sad part was is that we only got to express that when he was in an Alzheimer's state in the, in this old folks home later on in life. Right. So, but that, just that emotional connection that I didn't have, I couldn't, it blocked me from so much, like even just expressing emotion to girlfriends when, when things got tough, you know, when things got really tough, like maybe there was a cancer scare or something. And I would just be like, squirrel, I'm off in the next direction. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. Like it wasn't from my heart. Like I would, I, I just didn't, it was like a, an automatic trigger in my mind that wouldn't let me do it. Well, I've never known you to be that guy in the time that yeah. I've known you. And so here's the the cool message for anybody who's hearing that. And, and, and there are some things that are, uh, you know, um, maybe ringing true and making people do some self-exploration. <laughs> yeah. uh, clearly you can change. Oh, cause you have, you're, a, you're, you're yeah. completely, it's funny. I, I, I like to listen to Corey tell stories because, um, the stories are, they're entertaining and they're outrageous, yeah. but they're almost from a different world because they are not you now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. you're, you're almost a guy who is a master storyteller telling stories about happening to some, some 
of things that happened to somebody else yeah. uh, because you're so not that guy now. You are one of the most loving guys and you do care. Like I look at your spot yeah. right now and you just yeah, like emotion. That. You love emotion and you love yeah. connection and 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 these things. Yeah. But the way you got to it was holy Oh yeah, crap, I skipped a little around bit. it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I skipped around it hard. I but, um I, I hate I told you time is slippery. Dude, how much time have we got Dude, left? well, we're, we're, we're already nearly 45. I knew oh this one was going to go a little long. I know. It goes that fast. Yep. Um, but I do want to, uh, before we get to part two and three and all this stuff, <laughs> this is a good, um, you know, you've got a relationship. We're going to have you hanging around within He Changed, the, in the He Changed It I world it, and man. things like that. And I just appreciate you. Um, I want to ask you uh, what it is that you love about He Changed And then I'm going to ask you about women and then we're going we're gonna to get out of here. But um when you heard about what my wife and her team are developing, yeah, um, with he changed it. What was the thing about it that attracted you so much to it? Because you got excited about it, and you, yeah, you know, you you love what it is that they're doing. What was it about he changed it? Or what is it about he changed it that you think is uh, is exciting? I just, I mean, you know, there's, there's there's a lot. I mean, when you go on the app, there's a lot of stuff. Like I said, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and stuff yeah. like that. It's like nice to see a friend grow, but also at the same time, <laughs> there's an element of it as well, Mike, where I've always listened to what you've been saying. Like we've known each other for a while, yeah. And like when you used to tell me stuff like, you know, I'm doing this wrestling event and I'm going to find the next five. <laughs> the most five underfunded charities that I can possibly find. And I'm going to donate it to them, you know, like to me, that's like, yeah, that's cool. So I like surrounding myself with people like that, that made me think like that. You think different, right? Like well, I've, I appreciate been, that. I've been I, self-centered with that. Right. Like I really admitted to my, I admit to that. Like I, I've, I've never really kind of, thought like that so that's why i've gravitated to you that way and gone okay like i like to mirror that a little bit Aww. you know so when i look at he changed it it's a give back right like it's mm -hmm. like to me it's kind of like yeah I could, if i i could sell a million books or i could sell one book right but if that talks some dude off the ledge you know where he's thinking his life's over because all this shit happened and basically you know he's thinking that you know there's no there's no outlet guess what <laughs> you even the that dude, yep. even the dude that was out there doing that career that everybody thinks is like so incredibly awesome, which was incredibly awesome at times, but it had some major pitfalls. Even that dude ended up sitting there looking down at, off the ledge. And I mean, I'm talking like I was on that fucking ledge and I'm serious because like there was an, there was an element at that time when I was sitting in this cabana up in Dilworth actually yep. in the middle of like, it was in December and the snow was falling and my whole like life had fallen apart. I'd lost my dog. I lost my cat. I lost my house. I lost my, my, my wife. I lost my truck. I lost everything that I had. Okay. Like I was living out of a fucking bag. Right. So you get stripped down, take it right off. You get stripped down nude again but not in the good way. Right. So then now I'm like, okay, um, Hmm, where do I start? That's a good way to strip your ego off pretty quick. Right. So it was kind of, but I still didn't drop it. Like I still kind of had this mentality of not being man enough. Right. So I, it's just, Salt it's still strong, stuck still around. Yeah. It's still stuck around. Right. So yeah. yeah, he changed it. It's been awesome for that. Right. Like I, 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 that's nothing that I would rather be doing right now. I, Joe Rogan could want to bring me on his podcast right now and it wouldn't make as much sense as this makes. Sense. Oh my God. You just, you're killing me True by story. saying that, but yes, it would. If you get on Rogan, you get on Rogan. Yeah, just, but, just put a good word in for us. Okay. But yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'll pass it oh on my Joe. God. That me was and him have coffee thing. this weekend. Dude. Yeah. And, and I feel the same. I feel the same about you. And I, and I, and I appreciate the fact that when we 
we get together, this this just rolls the way it does. And and yeah. I I appreciate the journey that you are on. I love it. It inspires me. Um, I know it inspires others. And your book is going to be incredible yeah. um, as it comes out. I, I I'm gonna we're gonna take the Monica story. We're gonna do that next time. Okay. Yeah, that's because cool. that's still unfolding. And I want to I want to paint a, a little bit, bit of a picture. Yeah. Um. You know, you you talk about the relationship you have uh, with your ex wife. Things yeah. went off the track. We'll talk about that another time. Sure. But the path that you're on right now, um, you have, you know, after years of estrangement, she's my yeah. ex, you know, whatever, you've kind of reconnected and have this beautiful dynamic where yeah. you have repaired and between you and her have repaired things that would be considered damage yeah. Um, yeah, to, to one's that? heart or whatever, right? <laughs> but I mean, boy, oh boy, has it ever affected you in a positive way yeah. um, since yeah. since you guys have been talking again? Yeah. I, sure. I, I'm proud of you for that as yeah, your friend right. and as, your, as, as somebody who, you know, you appreciate me. I, I'm super, super proud of how you're going and doing that. Yeah, yeah. But I do sure. want to ask you about your... Men these days, we've never been under uh, more scrutiny as to how we treat women, mm-hmm. how we um, view women. Yep. You have an extremely unique, <laughs> from most people's perspective, you have a very yeah. unique perspective on what you have seen how women behave, how women yeah. treat men. Like, like you've yeah. got a you've got a different perspective on it. Yeah. Um, it's a, it comes back to actually like some people read my book and they'll just sit in there just be, probably be sitting there just shaking their head going like, dude, how could you have done that? But to, to me, there was there was uh, it, there was too many too many love at first sight moments in my life, right? Like there was like a lot of those like and but oh that must time, be an like, occupational hazard with what yeah, you yeah, did for but, a living. But, but, but at the same time, like you know that was just because like I was like the heart was literally right here on the sleeve. So like, but I was exterior in my head all the time, right? Like I was always like building my exterior. So what was I looking for? I was looking for exterior, right? So like the, the girl in eighth grade class, it was, it was exterior. Every girl that I looked at that I fell in love with at first sight, it was exterior, but there was a difference when I met my ex-wife. That story is like none other. And we even both admitted it recently after 15 freaking years of not being together and only speaking to each other, maybe four or five times, we actually came to this realization that we were, there was an accountability on both sides of the coin, you know, and it wasn't like Corey sitting here blaming her for all the things that she did wrong. There was a reason why she did those things. And I was, I was the one that was the reason, you know? So like when I look back on that now, it's very, very refreshing because it's almost like that weight came off my shoulders and now I'm like, okay, yeah, you fucked up, dude. (laughs) You know, but, but at the same time, like that love at first sight moment is a hard act to follow when it came to my ex-wife. Like there's just, and we both kind of admitted that, like, like, I love that she's in a good relationship and you know, she's doing well and everything. I'm I'm truly happy for her in that regard because she deserves happiness. Well, and she's happy for you and the breakthroughs that you're having. Like that's, that's such a beautiful thing that you guys can come to that. Yeah. It took a long time. Sure. Yeah. But when you go back like 15 years later, like who does that? Like when you actually, you've been out of a situation, you can, you don't even communicate for 15 years and then uh, and you had this wild crazy relationship that that was based on like it was really truly like because i i was lacking in so many other areas like i focused on (laughs) addiction to drugs and sexual addiction so like and in the the combination of ecstasy being addicted to ecstasy in especially in a psychological way and then also on the side other side of it with the sexual addiction i was like I can satisfy anybody sexually. 
So I was like, you know, that was my attitude. I'm not yeah. saying that, but that was kind no, of my attitude. No, 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 right? I like, get you. It wasn't about the sex. It was about seeing the girl the next morning laying there like completely freaking satisfied. That was like that. The next morning was what it was all about. It wasn't the actual. But event. it wasn't a hunger that could ever be satisfied though. No, no, no. no. And that's the thing. And yeah. I think that that's where yeah. the puzzle that is uh, uh, Corey Hilton and guys <laughs> like Corey Hilton, I think is so compelling to people is that, 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 that so many people, men think oh my God, that's the optimum. He's living the dream. Yeah. But in reality, it's no, you still got to do the work. If you got that, which you think is everything, Yeah. right? You still got to do the work up here. You still got to do the work here. Otherwise, even something like that, which you yeah. think are your goal, your dreams coming true. Yeah. Well, when you don't do it, the seven-year seven itch comes into play when you don't do it. That's what it breaks down to is it's that seven-year cycle. One person's going to grow faster than the other person. And I was growing in one way. She was growing in another way. They were both not really the right ways. Mm. But, you know, when, you, when you're from two different worlds and you're all based off of sex and drugs, there's only so long that can last for, right? And I'm not saying it was all based on sex and drugs. Truthfully, no, I get you. I, she was probably the, she gave me the purest form of love of probably any woman I've ever had in my life. But I threw it away, right? So, like, I, I, I threw it away. Like, when you have somebody that's been neglected and you neglect them, <laughs> you know like you're literally like lighting it on fire yeah you know and i did it to her right like i admit that fully like she was there but she wasn't there right like i was too consumed in my shit i appreciate the fact that you're able to say that so easily um <laughs> that that that, that yeah. i did that i admit i'm i'm, I'm owning it and yeah. i mean you've learned how uh, and i'm not trying to put words in your mouth i'm saying this is your friend who's observed you've learned how to own things in ways that i think anybody would find beneficial even though the idea of owning stuff many times makes us afraid and makes us want to just go back and back away and we hesitate. Yeah. But you're on the other side of owning it saying, oh my God, is it worth it? It's freedom. It's, it's essentially freedom. That's why I named the book the way I named it. Honestly, Mike, comes down to it. Like you come into Take this world, you're naked when you come into this world. When you end this world and you're going off to the next freaking world, if there is one, you're going out naked too. And it ain't that damn bad to get naked when it comes down to it in the middle. Because when you actually do that, you're stripping off all those layers and you're actually accountable for all that shit. It makes you kind of go, hey, you know, next time around, I'm going to think a little differently when I'm actually like, if I have that next opportunity. And that's a big if, because I mean, you know, we were just kidding around a little earlier about match.com and stuff like that. I'm not out looking because honestly, right now I'm in bodybuilding phase right now. Like in my life right now, I'm in bodybuilding phase. You're building like, your life. Yeah. Like you're building your skills. You're building your heart. You're building yeah. your mind. You're building yeah. all of these things that need to be built. When I was a pro, when I was trying to go pro bodybuilding, I could not have a girlfriend. There was just, there's just no way. I had to be 100% dedicated. Right now, I've finished the bulking phase doing my book. Now I'm in diet phase to do the branding. And I'm working with brand builders out of Tennessee, which, hey, Rory Vaden, if you're hearing this, awesome. But I'm just saying, like, you know, the company that actually does that. Because to me, they, they're going to make this the most effective that they can because yeah. it's, it's worth it. Like this to me is my one true shot at real true purpose that can that can expand my horizons, not just for myself personally, but to make a true impact. Right. Like I don't I don't I get sometimes like I'm being kind of mellow here, but I get kind of intense sometimes when I do interviews. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like I, I do. <laughs> like I really do. Because I'll be just like, you know, come on, man. You know, uh, I feel yeah. that I've seen that part. Me. I've seen that part. You know? of you. Yeah. Yeah. So but I mean, it's not the same for everybody. I'm only telling you my perspective, guys. Like, you know, really, I am. I mean, everybody's different. There's not, I'm not sitting here trying to say, you know, this is what you have to do. No, but the idea though, where you can actually say, you know what? I don't know if I'm ready for a relationship at this point. Cause I'm not done yet. I don't know who the, what the finished result is going to be, you know, as I'm yeah. going through this business phase, but you're also going through it 
through your mind. You're also building, you're, you're finding yourself and, and yeah. it's beautiful to see because of how excited you are about it yeah, and how not game. afraid you are, how, 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 uh, you know, you're bounding leaps and bounds towards that goal, whatever that looks like. But dude, it didn't happen overnight, man. Like I had, I took the last year off. I took the last year off of life. Like I literally took everything. Like I was like, okay, let's start here. You know, I'm going to start doing walks in the morning and I'm going to do like you know, exercise to get momentum in the morning. I'm going to start focusing more on yoga practice so I can get this more together. Gratitude's I'm a big gonna, one for yeah, you. I'm going to start understanding like that. that everything's yeah. temporary. You know, I never got that. I never understood that before. Weirdly enough, I thought, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to get there. This person's going to be forever. No, no, no. Everything's temporary. And, you know, live it the most you possibly can while you got that in your life. And because you only got a certain amount of quality yeah. of life left. That's that being present. Yeah. Being right? present in those moments. Don't keep thinking about what's in the future or whatever, because that presence, yeah. you're going to, if you, every moment that you give up that presence, because yeah. you're thinking about something else, you're giving up a gift. Yeah. Yeah. And I always, I use the bucket of self-worth analogy, really. It's like, you know, you got you got this this bucket like you got one bucket of self-worth and every time that you decide to compromise your self-worth you basically settle you know yep. you're pulling one little thing out of the bucket and eventually you just keep settling and settling and settling and eventually the bucket of self-worth is empty and then you're you're screwed right so to me there's only so many years that i i mean i'm 51 i hope to live to 151 realistically it's not going to happen but at the same time there's a quality of life that comes between 50 and 70 and then after 70 if i make it there there's an element of that there's only so much you can do after 70 so like let's get it together and get this shit done now because it's you know because it's not going to last forever and i don't want to have another one of these damn opportunities that i've had cross my path over and over again the irony of actually being feeling like feeling this lack in the back of my head that I was going to be destitute someday when I've never even been destitute before, you know, all these things yeah. that I had, like I passed these opportunities by because I wasn't, or even self-sabotage some opportunities just because of that fear of success. Every time I was going to get to the top, something was going to come kick me back down. Well, guess what? It was nobody else's boot that was kicking me back down. It was my own boot that was kicking me back down. Mm. Right. So it's just kind of like, and so I don't want to let one more of those opportunities that come to my, come in front of me, go i want to make sure that that next one is bang on right but the irony is, is is that here i was sitting here going oh i'm lacking money or i'm in a, i've never even had lack of money in my life but mm -hmm. i always had that in the back of head my but the head fear's always been there it's a depressionary mindset that's kind of kicked in right making me think that it's but the irony of that is is that what did i do for 25 years i had girls stuffing money and throwing money at me all the bloody time right <laughs> so like how does that work <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're not gonna use it this time the fill my personality mate delights me every single time <laughs> where you fill the purse um uh, i i can't thank you enough um thank you and again i i'm not trying to trying to take advantage of our friendship and whatnot i just i i know some um pretty uh interesting people and Corey is near <laughs> the top of that list and uh yeah, he and i we we can talk like this all the time we go for coffee and we do this yeah, yeah and 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 um it always it always comes back to the same place uh which is taking responsibility yeah for where we're at yeah and always, uh, what is it right now that's helping build me into the person I want to be? And that's who you are now. And I am grateful that this is the part, this is the core I've always known. Yeah, dude. Because I didn't know that character that you talk about. <laughs> I didn't know Dalton, but I love hearing tales about him. And I love hearing the fact that it took him for you to become who you are because you are a beautiful person. Oh, I love dude. you so much. Oh, and man. I'm, I'm really, really grateful. You're hitting me in the heart, Mike. Well, I'm and, start and, crying and, over here. Yeah. Give me some power. <laughs> 
<laughs> I appreciate you so much, man. And uh, this isn't the first time we're going to do this. Is, this is the first time, but it's not the only time we're going to do this. Yeah. We're going to actually have you back on. And, For sure, man. And as he grows and stuff, it. we'll probably, um, I'll we'll tell probably you do some Q&As. I'll, I'll tell you the next time about how I almost got killed in Spain. That's a whole other story, though. Okay. Yeah. Spain? And, yeah, Spain yeah. And, and, and Monica. Yeah, that's okay. A, well, there's, there's we'll talk other, about those the next. Those, those, those are some those heavy are, hitters, man. I know. Yeah, well, that's a, to, two. That's a podcast right there. Yeah, it's a heavy with those hitter. two. Yeah, um, yeah. Corey, thank you so much, and thank Thanks, you for being brother. such a supporter. If he changed it, we appreciate oh, that. Man. And love um, this one, the whole thing is love it. Uh, Everything well, we, about it. We appreciate you so much. They go by that fast, everybody. They go by really quickly. Um, hopefully they go by that quickly to you as well. As Corey and I are talking here, literally we're an hour almost. Um, hopefully for you, it's gone as fast as it has for us. We uh, love doing this. We love everything about HeCast. Um, the responses are, have just been overwhelming. We're so grateful. Again, if uh, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, the, the powers that be love the subscription button. So I'm going to say, please subscribe. Please share. Um, if any of these stories uh, touch you, if you know somebody who needs to hear some of the perspectives of the guests that we have on these shows, uh, the conversations that we have, please, please share it out. Um, the response is overwhelming. And uh, we know we're just getting started here. Download He Changed It. Check it out. Um, go to hechangedit.com for anything. That's another episode of HeCast, the official podcast of He Changed It. My name is Mike Chisholm. Go change something. <laughs>